0: and Nacho Mama's Christy Podcast. Welcome,
1: everybody, Nacho Mama's Christian Podcast. The Christian Podcast
0: is I think it's up to you. Seriously, I am your host, Shane. Yeah, What's up? Right. Wow. I don't know. You know what? I'm getting tired of, like, making fun of your, your dumb intros every time. So I think I'm just going to... But Chill see party. but see that is just know that I just know that I in my head I'm like this stupid See, other- you can't resist. Another stupid one. You cannot resist. No, I just said what's up and you're the one who said, Wow, like you're waiting for me to say something else. You No, we've been doing this podcast for almost three years. It's getting tired it's getting old, me having to l- remind everyone how terrible that intro is every single time. Are you done? So, <laughs> have you, How was your Easter? Are you done? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it was fine. It was a nice weather for us here in Maryland. I don't know about everywhere else. But it, it, see, whenever there's bad weather on Easter, I'm always like, what the heck? Yeah. Doesn't the weather know that Jesus rose again today? On this day? On this day in history. Yeah. yeah. It is exactly <laughs> the 2019 anniversary. Yes. On this day. Yeah. Yeah, but doing it. Jesus, He is risen. He is risen indeed. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that's how you know you're a church person. Yeah, <laughs> if you know the correct response. Yeah. Um, I will say, little side note. I was at my in laws the other day, and um, um, my brother in law's dad was there, who, um, is a priest or a deacon in the Catholic Church. I can't remember what he is. Super nice, and he said that to sounds me. like you know him well. I do. He's a really nice but he said that he has risen and i did not say that back i went <gasps> i went yeah <laughs> i was awful. i was i was like yeah i know <laughs> yeah, he's probably like what are they doing in what, that nazarene church but i don't know why i don't know why. i just like had a brain fart cuz he said <laughs> yeah. he said i said hey man how's he was like, he hey yeah he's risen And i went oh yeah yeah he know, is i i do know i know <laughs> i was yeah. at church today that's right he is but uh, how many how much candy do you have oh way too much what what's what's the, the, do you have any chocolate bunnies yeah, some do you, small. Do you mars. like them? Yeah, I eat them. I don't. I don't need them. I, I, they're not my favorite candy. <laughs> 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 I dabble. <laughs> I don't need it. I, I like. Mom always calls me every year, like, "Hey, you don't like chocolate bunnies, right?" I said, "No, I don't like them." Yeah. So now she only gets us one chocolate bunny. And I haven't told her this, but Erica also doesn't like chocolate bunnies. So, so is this your way of telling her? Because yeah, you know she's going to listen to this. So, yeah, I well, I didn't know she didn't like chocolate bunnies either. But now uh, I found out. I was like, oh yeah, I don't really like them that much either. Yeah, well, and so mom, in the future, I'm sorry. This is how you have to find out through this podcast, very <laughs> informal way. But you don't need to get us any chocolate bunnies. <laughs> you don't really need to get us anything, honestly. Dude, that's why we'll about take to it. Say. I love it. We, I love all the candy. I, I've I'm 31. You're 33. Yeah, and we still get Easter baskets from our mom, and I. I never want that to change. No. It's good candy. Yeah. I was, eat, I was eating some uh, sweet tart chewies y- yep. yesterday, mm-hmm. Um and Erica was eating the Starburst Minis, the Chewy ones, oh, yeah. and taking all the red ones out. What an animal. <laughs> <laughs> Who takes the red ones out? The red ones are the best ones. There's not a candy that you can tell me that I would say, I don't want the red ones. No. Yep. Red and blue. I, I Blue's good. Get the yellow ones as far no, away I'll from me as possible. You, you, know you, you know what I runts? never really want? I never really want the pink. Pink are fine. Yellow, you like red, yellow runts? No, oh, the banana ones? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, i Oh, that. gosh. They're, They're not my favorite. I'm not a big runts fan in general. Chewy runts, though, are where it's at. Yeah, chewy runts are good. I haven't had those in a long time. Hard runts are, like, fine. Yeah. But chewy runts, that's Yeah, runts. yeah that's fair. But, but no, you get, like, Sour batch Kids. I don't want yellow. Or I want, green. I don't want green either. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want, like, watermelon flavor. I'm not big watermelon. Is that, that's candy more play. pinkish. No, no, that's more greenish. A lot of things. oh yeah, yeah. Or well, green is either watermelon or apple. Pink. I don't mind apple. Pink can be like strawberry sometimes, but or re- it can be watermelon as red well. Red is mostly cherry, I guess. Cherry or fruit punch. But Erica doesn't like cherry. I guess that's why. And we and you said fruit punch yesterday when you saw her. Yeah, and she, she was like, like oh. But have you you know Starburst has like just the reds. You can buy Starburst really? candy and it's fave reds and it's like. The, di- the different red color ones I have from all the different, like tropical or whatever, it's just all reds. Wow. So it's like one's Fruit Punch, one's Cherry, one's like, I don't know, a dark raspberry one or something. And I'm like, it's the best. <laughs> That's all I want to buy. I, li- I also like orange. Eh, it depends on the candy. I love orange Airheads. Yeah, they're good. But almost every candy, I like the red and the blue of the candy. Yeah, like what candy do you have, do? You, are there that you are like? I don't want the blue one. Some certain blue raspberry ones are okay. Like sour Patch kids. Yeah, blues are one yeah. of the best. Sweet tar- blue sweet tarts are the best sweet tarts. M and M's. They all taste the same. <laughs> they all taste the same. There. So obviously, if you if you've never listened to us before, we have very strong opinions on candy we do actually <laughs> yeah. that was our first stupid argument our first episode yeah don't go back and don't listen. go don't go listen it's so bad it was a bad episode. like we didn't know what we were doing we're, we still don't we're in the flow now <laughs> we were we weren't comfortable with mics and now yeah even more pastors we we talking we mic yeah. every single every single week but since since we're since we're talking about strong opinions why don't we do a segment that we haven't done in a little while what what segment is that Shane stupid arguments Intro. I'm just gonna let it go. And we're back. All Man, right. So we're back. So we have an interview coming up later, which we'll talk about. Um, you probably already know because you read the title of this <laughs> <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, surprise. Uh, but some of the things we're talking about are more sad stuff. So we figured why don't we do a stupid argument? The saddest thing you've ever let me watched. ask you this. Just ask it. Do you ever do you ever like a good cry? Do I like to cry? No, no, like have you ever been like, oh, I could go for a good cry? No. Yeah, I don't really think I have it, <laughs> but I have done. I've, I've, I never, I never since, want to. Ever since I've had kids, crying just happens mm-hmm. more. Um, I cry a lot during This Is Us. I don't know why. Anything with a good dad. Oh yeah, This Is Us will make you, will make me cry. With a good dad thing, I'm yeah. just like holding that sucker back. Anything yeah. with dads. Um, there's there's like been commercials I watch. And I'm like holding back tears. Yeah. I've never cried from a commercial. <laughs> I don't. I you ever don't... seen Erica cry in this one too? And it gets me too. You ever seen the. It's for a gum commercial. For and, gum? But listen. A gum commercial I'm, made I'm you about cry. I'm to find it and see if you'll cry to um, it. It's an. it's. A dad and he keeps Every time he eats a piece of gum He takes the, the wrapper And he makes a little origami thing For his daughter uh-huh. And he keeps And it's like Just shows the years Of her growing up And he keeps making The origami thing And then she's going off To college uh-huh. She's packing all of her stuff In the back And then a shoebox falls And when it opens It's like hundreds of origami Wow That her dad made for her And that's it? You're How are you not crying now? Did he, did he die?
1: No, but she's
0: going off to college. (laughs) I thought, but she saved it all the years. You have a soul. (laughs) Do you have a heart? I'm going to show you this commercial when it's over. I'm telling you, you will cry. Well, now you all cuz I'm making a big thing, thing about it. I am a crier. I can cry easy. I'm telling you, it's easy to cry. But anyways, all right, stupid arguments. Uh the saddest things we've ever watched. So, so not, not just movie, not experience, not like a personal thing like something that had nothing to do with us that we watched and it made Either us a YouTube cry. video or a TV show yeah, or a movie. movie, whatever. So what do you got? Well, if we're talking about just just the movie, I'll give you, I'll give you my movie first Okay. And then, <laughs> and then I have some some other things. Well, first off, anything with an animal dying it's like the is sad worst. For you, yeah. It is. Uh, but do you remember in um? What I am Legend? Yeah. When the yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. That, that was, was that was tough, and it's it's been out long enough. Yeah, so. and like Bambi. Yeah, yeah, Bambi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, in I Am Legend, when when he had to okay, I'm, I don't know. It's been out long enough, right, where we can say what happened? Yes. Okay. Spoilers for heroin out. Yeah. <laughs> and I am like when he had to kill his own dog because it was it was uh infected. Yeah, by whatever the by the zombies right? or whatever it was and yeah. the dog was turned and he was holding the dog and he knew that it, it was dying. The 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 director did a good job. They zoomed up to his face as he's like like choking it basically. Yeah. And, he, and he's like crying, he's not looking at it. Oh my goodness. And then he has to he has to choke out his own dog. <laughs> Oh, that was tough. You know, we're gonna say a lot of Will Smith crying ones. That's yeah, another Will you Smith know, one. Because that's not actually the movie I was gonna say. The movie I was gonna say was uh The Pursuit of Happiness. Will Smith. Will Smith. If what you, what part oh, when when um uh with his son, when he's with his son, and they so Will Smith is he's he, his wife has left him and he has his son, who is his real son, Jaden yeah. Jaden Smith, and they're um uh he's tr- they're poor and then he's trying to get a new job and he's trying to be what's a stock. I think it was stocks. a stockbroker, stock yeah. And he's doing this internship where he get, he's not getting paid, but hopefully at the end of it, he will get a job. Yeah. And he loses everything, and they have no home, and he has a son, and they have to hide. They're trying to find shelter. In the bathroom. In the bathroom. Yeah. And he locks himself and his son in the bathroom at like a subway station not a restaurant yeah <laughs> don't go to subway and uh and somebody's trying to get Side in. stupid argument subway's the worst subway is terrible <laughs> go ahead <laughs> and somebody's trying to get in the bathroom and he's keeping it closed and his son is sleeping and they're banging and on they're the banging, door and trying to get in and he's just crying oh that that was that was yeah because that's a father and a son sort of a thing yeah he's, he's holding his son like trying to protect him he's just crying because he's humiliated. yeah oh that's um, so sad. and it's also yours. the end of that movie yes spoiler you should have seen it by now yeah. um the end of the movie when he does – he shows up to the interview and he's not dressed nice uh-huh. because he had to get there and it was just a bad day and, and he just gave that speech. Yeah. That's a good speech. And and he got the job and when he walks out and he's yeah. walking down the street and he's clapping his hands. Yep. Yep. Um, so, uh yeah, that was – that's a good one. Um, mine is also a Will Smith movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, seven pounds. Oh, so the first time I saw seven pounds, I didn't cry. The second time, I boo hooed. Yeah, like I was. It wasn't just like I was holding my tears; like uncontrollably (laughs) crying. In case you don't know what this movie's about, again, spoiler: it came out in two thousand eight. So, it's enough time for you to have seen it. Um, Basically, he kills. He accidentally gets in a car accident. And then no, I don't think it was that. I think he was drunk, maybe. Yeah. And he killed seven people, mm-hmm. I believe. And so he is so depressed by the fact that he did that, the guilt that he starts giving out parts of his like body to strangers, organs and stuff. And it ends with him committing suicide in order for his organs, or one of his organs, to be to be to somebody else that needed it. Yeah. And so that's with a jellyfish or something yeah. He like kills that. himself in a way that preserves all of his organs so that they can be used. To help other people, yeah, and he and he built relationships with people who needed a particular organ, yeah, so that and he wanted to make sure that they went to a good person, yeah. So so he was interviewing all these people to figure yeah. out who needed it, and then he killed himself with in jellyfish, order, with the jellyfish and a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. some I don't remember really how that worked, but um, yeah, that was that was, but that's not the saddest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, so that was one of the saddest movies I've seen. There's there's more, but um. The saddest thing I've ever seen is I was at work and it was before I was a pastor. I was at my, at my I was a business, I was a billing manager at a nonprofit. And I was watching this YouTube video and I don't know why I watched it, but it was a dad mm-hmm. whose mom, mom, whose wife had just died giving birth to their son. Oh, no. And their son was dying. Like, oh, how old was the son? A newborn. Oh, it was like right after. Yeah, it was like. The day oh after. my goodness! And it's a video of him playing and singing "Blackbird" oh. while his son is passing away. Oh my! Goodness. And I had just had my first kid, and I was and I was literally at my desk trying to hold. Like I didn't want anyone <laughs> to hear me crying, but I was literally <laughs> like booing, crying like, "Oh my god, it's so sad." Like why am I watching this? You in your cubicle, just yes. like, oh. <laughs> like, why am I? I don't know what. I saw it and I was like, "Why am I watching this? This is depressing." Oh. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Any, uh, there are a lot of like YouTube videos, and uh, I, a lot of times I will look for <laughs> videos to show during sermons that go along with it. And I remember I found one video of of a dad who was dying had had cancer and knew that he was dying, and he had a um, a like a one year old daughter, and his wife was was around, but he had a one year old daughter, and he was living leaving a video for her for when she got older so that she wouldn't forget him. Jeez. And why'd you watch that? That was and 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 so here's the thing. I decided I don't remember for what sermon it was, but I was like, oh, this is this goes perfect with the sermon that I want to give. So I was going to show this video and my wife said, You are not allowed to show that on a Sunday morning because I don't want to be boohoo crying in front of the whole congregation. <laughs> what what about the time you did show a video at youth oh, group uh, and, and you couldn't and you just kept crying you couldn't uh-huh. you just keep doing the sermon I've cried that I have cried while preaching a few times oh, Okay what was the one that you cried with the video and you couldn't and you had trouble like after <laughs> the video was over <laughs> preaching Well there's been a few of them. I've cried I think 3 or 4 times preaching but there's one video of uh, Michael Redman, who and this and he was um, a, an Olympic sprinter from England and he was in the Olympics and you work for 4 years to get to this and he's finally racing running in the race and he's like a favorite to win and he and it's in 92 in Barcelona Spain and he starts running and like a quarter into the race he just tears his hamstring running and he and he goes down to the ground and obviously he he loses the race and it's and and it that's it's devastating enough because it takes 4 years for you to get to that point and then all of a sudden People come out and try to help him and he pushes people away and he's determined to finish the race. This is in the you can look it up on YouTube. He's determined <laughs> to finish the race and people are trying to make him stop, right? Somebody runs out of the stands to come to his side and security's trying to stop him and it's his dad. And his dad runs up to him and, and first Michael Redman is pushing people away and, and he starts to push his dad away and he didn't know it was his dad. And then he turned and saw that it was his dad and his dad and and he just falls into his dad's arm crying and his, and his and his dad getting, getting says you don't you don't need to finish this race and he goes, No, no, I need to. He said, Okay, well, if you need to, then we're going to do it together. And arm in arm, they finished the race Shame. together. Shay's getting teary. Oh, out. my goodness. <laughs> that'll preach. So, okay. So that video happened. And what happened after <laughs> I cried <laughs> in the middle of youth group? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And then I, I've also cried preaching. But talking from of, that video, I heard, <laughs> don't skip past it. From what I heard, I went there. Uh-huh. I heard that you just could not keep preaching. Like you eventually. No, did, I did. But you were just crying. <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't. The video was over and you couldn't. And it took you like a couple minutes to get started because you were crying. I don't know if it was that That's long. what I heard. I definitely cried. I definitely. But the video cried ended. And you were supposed to start talking. You couldn't because you were crying. And the other thing is too, I told Lauren earlier in the day when I was getting it ready, I was like, I can't stop crying <laughs> watching this video preparing for my sermon. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And she was like, it's okay if you cry and then and then I did. Like I and kept it watching it work. during the day to get immune to it. And it didn't work. <laughs> hopefully that my tolerance would be built up. <laughs> it didn't work. Uh, but I also cried. If I found about, it right now, would you cry again? No, like, I don't know. I don't know if I would. Right. We now. We could play it. No, I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I also cried talking about our grandmother who died. <laughs> well, okay, that and that's and, personal. Yeah, and so that was done. I, I was I was done with that, and then and then another. Uh, I've talked about a few people who have passed away. And in a sermon, but well, that's different. That's I personal I do, experience. I, I it's just funny. Like, <laughs> you watch a YouTube video, <laughs> and you I couldn't, couldn't stop. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, why are we talking about all this crime? <laughs> so here's why. I'll tell you. We did. We um had the pleasure of of seeing this documentary called "The Long Goodbye." It was the Kara Tippett story. If you don't know Kara Tippett, uh, you, you probably you might know her. Um, Google her, and you'll you'll find out more information about her. It was a really good documentary where about Th- this uh she was a pastor's wife she was a author she was a blogger and um she uh finds out she has breast cancer and then she finds out that she only has so much longer to live she has uh, i believe it was four kids and a husband who was a church planner and with the time she had left she really just showed love to everybody and did a lot of great things would speak and there's some kind of some famous people in this documentary so we had the privilege to interview Jay and Sophia who directed this documentary uh just kind of about uh, her story and what we can all learn from it. So mm. uh, we're we're really excited about it. We like we say in there, we we did cry a little bit watching this documentary because yeah. um, that's how we are now. Especially if you're a parent, you're yeah. done. So um, so we highly recommend you finding this documentary. And, and at the end of the interview, you'll hear all the ways you can do that. But let's get to our interview with Jane. Swick. city oh nice oh yeah how'd that go
2: it went good you know it went really well it was right after 9-11 it was called mosaic manhattan and we met in lower manhattan it's now called what is it called now
1: babe lower manhattan community church
2: yeah we live in uh burbank california now so we don't live there anymore yeah wow
1: um well and sophia is from uh brooklyn born and raised in Queens. so you know it's she's a new york She's a New Yorker, so mm-hmm. it's it was, a, it wasn't. It, it's a natural fit, you know? Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So what what well, what was the
0: transition from church planning to then become filmmakers? How did that work?
1: Are you recording? Because this is oh, something yeah. a lot of yeah
0: we're recording okay. already, yeah. so we're good.
1: Good that. Good. <laughs> I always do that when I'm producing people. They're always like, "Are you recording?" I'm like, "I've been recording since I walked in." <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm a TV producer. Oh, wait, sorry. What was the question again? How
2: did you transition from church planning in New York oh, right. to television? <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> um, we started out as a singing duo. And in college, when we met at Belmont University, uh, we sang together and we started leading worship together. And my wife's from New York. I'm from Texas, and. So we traveled and toured the country, went to over 40 states, and uh, eventually signed a record deal with um, a large record company and kind of did that whole thing. It was awesome. We loved it, especially the ministry side of it. Like mm-hmm. We did, like I said, we went to 40 states, other countries, and we really enjoyed that. So we were on the road. We moved to New York and started um, doing some pop music, and we got some theme songs for some television networks mainly a a one on mtv that sophia sang and i wrote and so that
2: actually got nominated for an emmy oh wow yeah
1: so um that led to more music in television shows in new york and we had some great contacts and then we sort of i just backed into producing as well As doing some music for TV shows, and then I really enjoyed that the producing part of TV shows, and I started shooting and producing and directing, and then I I really over the years my my producing and directing has grown lot larger, and we still do music for some TV shows, but that's kind of how the transition happened. But Mm -hmm. even as recently as um like you know these past years in LA, she's had Sophia's had songs in a ton of shows like. Oh man, what are they? Oh, all?
2: fresh off the boat.
1: Uh, Last Man Standing. Oh. gossip. Yeah. Gossip Girl. Parenthood. One Tree Hill. Mm. Wow. Um, Secret Lives of American Teenager. Just, uh, honestly, The New Girl. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But you know, our, our heart has always been to produce. I hate to say the word positive content because that it mm-hmm. doesn't sound like that's very godly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but content that is inspiring. Um, yeah. you know, from Christians is so powerful and why shouldn't Christians be, be ahead, be leading in the, in the areas of film and television and music and media, mm-hmm. your podcasts, you know, yeah, this is, it's the best time ever for us, for Christians to just kind of take control of our content mm-hmm. and create stuff that's better than the world does. And so that's yeah. really always been our passion, no matter it, whether it's music television or now filmmaking.
0: Yeah. I, I love that because, um, for, for so long, it seems like the Christian world has been just been so far behind in a lot of that stuff and, and almost like embarrassing. So at times, so it's great yeah. that, that there is actually quality content out there that, um, that, that Christians are doing like, like you, like Jay and Sophia. So, so now getting to this documentary, the long goodbye, how did you both get to know Kara and Jason?
1: Um actually we met her we met Kara on Facebook. Okay. Um, that's the short answer. Um I I had wanted to do a TV show that was dealing with end of life issues because I felt like if that subject was handled uh in a touching you know thoughtful way it could it could be a ministry. Um and and just to touch on what we said earlier when we say create you know culturally relevant things that doesn't mean, you know, let's edit out the Christianity or, mm-hmm. you know, let's, um, you know, sing about, you know, God is our girlfriend or whatever. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like that's it's not it's not that's not what our personal goal is. It's it's great that, you know, some people see that as their calling or whatever. But mm-hmm. so I always wanted to do this TV show or or a sizzle wheel or I didn't really know what or um, a movie ab- about the end of life issues because it's so powerful and, and people don't think about death in our world, you know, and yeah. and I don't either. I go and I'm, Hey, I'm on the internet. Hey, check out this YouTube video. I'm playing Fortnite or, you know, we got a basketball game or we got to make our school lunches. We're not sitting around going, Hey, I'm going to die. I should think about eternity, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that most of us kind of try to shove it in a closet. We it's like the thing we know is going to happen, but we're like, Oh, it's the death conversation. Yeah. And we may bring it up. If we go to somebody's celebration of life or their funeral of course we think about it then but it's kind of like that thing that you don't want to think about yeah Mm -hmm. and we all have to do it yeah (laughs) at this point we all have to die and it's like I think even as believers we just kind of hold our breath and it's been interesting that Uh even in the production of this film I had many Christian friends in full-time ministry tell me uh I don't know if I could watch this I really can't think about death and it mm-hmm. blew my mind because I thought, wow, we're really failing to discuss death in a way that can help each other grow as believers. You know, we should be talking about this kind of thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And if we believe that there's a higher power, we believe that at the end of the day, if, if we accept Jesus, then we spend eternity with God, then it is weird that there's that disconnect between we know that there's something greater for us, yet we're so afraid to talk about getting there. Like it's mm-hmm. it's weird how there's that disconnect. And one of the things that kept coming out for me when I was watching it, I have three kids, and watching her talk to her her kids about um, what was gonna happen. Like that was something that hit me. I was like, oh man. Like thinking mm-hmm. about having to do that and just kind of the personal reflection on it. What, how how did it, um, how did it treat you guys as you guys were trying to film this and seeing how she was talking to her family. How, how did this give you guys personal reflection on your life and on, and on death?
1: Well, it's interesting you say that um, because even though the movie is about someone suffering and dying, which sounds super depressing, yeah. um, this movie and Kara Tippetts showed me, through her dying, showed me how to live. Mm. Um, I live better because of her. I treat my kids better. I value the time with my wife better i i'm nicer to people i have more joy because i saw her suffer and die and we made a movie about it and and she taught us how to live you know so it changes me and i think that's the point of why we should have eternity in mind because this life is like the blink of an eye and if we pretend like it's not like we have forever well then you know we we just kind of go about our day but if we realize that our lives are short and our 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 purpose is important then it really changes us, and that's what Kara did for me. Yeah, and
2: also, um, it was obviously very emotional to be around someone who's so young and vibrant. I remember thinking to myself, like, sitting in Kara's bedroom, just watching her talk with her girlfriends, or the doorbell would ring, and it would be somebody from England that wanted to come say goodbye to her in person before she passed away and bring her gifts, and she just had this impact on people. But what I took away was that she really did focus on living, you know, she knew she was dying, but it wasn't like she wanted to talk about that every single day, every second of the day, or even focus on that. But she focused on her time here, the quality that she had, what could she give? And that's something that I think that's changed me watching Carrie Tippets is what can I do with the time that I have? What can I do with my gift sets? Instead of making excuses like, well, you know, like you guys started a podcast, you could have made an excuse and said, well... We missed our window on podcasts, so we just aren't going to do it. Or, you know, oh, we want to do this. We want to start more churches. We want to, you know, start a business. And we make excuses because we think we have all the time in the world. So I think she just knew she had a limited amount of time. But what about all of us? We just tend to kind of make excuses. But I want to just reiterate the film. Yes, we watch Kara Tippett's Pass Away Before Our Eyes in the film. And she was so gracious to even have the vision to want to do this. But the takeaway is what will we do with our time and how do we make our time more precious and thinking more about our legacy. So if we think more about our legacy, we're going to think about every day, what are we going to do that matters today and how are we going to be more kind? Because I think that kindness is something we don't talk about enough. Uh, We just go, oh, yeah, kind, be kind, be kind. But when you think about being kind to your kids, to your spouse, even just to people who annoy you at your church. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) We don't have any of those. (laughs) 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 But yeah, one thing that really stuck out to me too was the, how much she did even when, I mean, she was doing so much other stuff with her Monday faithfulness um, blog. And, and then even when she found out she was, she was dying and then that not only she had cancer, but that eventually she was, she was going to die. She wasn't going to make it through that. Like, it wasn't like she just decided, okay, well, I'm just going to spend time. Like she like did so much stuff. She like spoke, she reached out to people. Um, it, it, that was what was really incredible to me. It's like with the little bit of time she had left, instead of just saying, focusing on on herself, which is what I think a lot of us do. It's like, we're dying. It's about me now. I'm checking off my bucket list. Yeah, that's like she started, she did do vacations and like that, but she like found ways to like impact the world with the little bit of time she had left. So even in that time she was looking on how she can live out her purpose in life through this terrible disease that she had.
1: Yeah. She had a lot of vision, as Sophia said, and and it's not to blame somebody who who does close the door or, you know, draws Mm -hmm. in. Like we Yeah, we we don't want
2: to like make somebody feel ashamed because they're not writing books while they're dying. It's like Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah but Ann Voskamp, who was um Kara's mentor in writing, um, she said it was just remarkable that most people closed the door and the curtain. Cu- the curtain, but Kara opened that curtain. And I think what she did by that by opening that curtain and sharing her her end of life process, um, is that she helped a lot of people um who are dealing with that or who have a friend or a relative. So that was a gift that Kara gave to the viewer, I believe. And and she knew that.
2: And you know what, something that Kara talked about, because you mentioned how many, how much she did.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: She really was good at measuring out the energy it would take to do something and evaluating, is this worth it? Is this something that has eternal value? Yeah. And that's not something that she just should do. We all should be doing that. Like, We all have a limited amount of time, and we're not guaranteed to live a long life, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, for we we've talked a lot about uh, about Kara, but it's also her family that that was dealing with this, and and Jason and, and her and her children. How did you see them reacting throughout this documentary, and how did you see them handling everything that was going on?
1: Well, they had a very, um, I believe, healthy. Yeah. Um, interesting attitude about how they dealt with it kara it was actually pretty remarkable to watch Mm. yeah they they said that um we're honest with the kids and um but we give them age appropriate information Mm -hmm. and they let the kids ask the question so rather than sitting the kids down and you know giving them long speeches all the time when the kids ask you know it was just simple. Answer the question that the child asks.
0: Yeah. Now, how old um, so, are they? I'm sorry. In the documentary, how old were they? Do you
1: remember?
2: In the documentary, in the documentary, they were five, seven, nine, and 12.
1: Gotcha. Hmm. So they all received different information, you know. But yeah. Kara did say, at you know, when she had stage four metastatic, um, a, at a, you know, breast cancer that had spread to her brain and spread everywhere. At, at some point, they they said, "Mom has cancer, and she is dying." So, you know, mm. they, they were honest with the kids and it was, it was painful to watch.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I can't, I can't even imagine that would be so difficult. But yeah, but that, that's something that we all have to kind of think about too. And, and one of the things that she said um, that really stuck out to me was, uh, here's a quote I wrote down, cancer was a gift that exposed what is important. And we've kind of touched on this a lot, but it's, I think it's, it's crucial to, to keep talking about is um, what is important. And Sophia, one thing you said that stuck out to me was that um, we—I feel like a lot of times I just fill my time with just stuff, like what whatever comes up, I just do it, and I don't think I'm very efficient with my time, and mm-hmm. and that what that is, it's a mindset of well, I have plenty of it, and we don't know how much time we—it is a limited resource. Yet, um, I I I do a lot of things that I don't really need to do because um, I just kind of have the assumption that I know I'm eventually going to die, but that's eventually Mm -hmm. where Uh when you have that, like, Oh, this is coming really soon. It just changes perspective. (laughs) And it's good for us. Even those, those that aren't suffering from any disease to see that and understand we have a limited resource of time. So how can we use it effectively and efficiently to do the most we can with what we have, but also (laughs) spend the time with our family that we need to and, and spend time with our, with our spouse and whoever else we need to spend time with.
2: Yeah. And, you know, say the things that are in your heart that you want to say, whether that's writing a book or just picking up the phone and, you know, or texting Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to do. Just say the things that God has put on your heart. And I think that sometimes we think and assume the things that God puts on our heart are not as important as other people. Mm -hmm. But if you look at Kara Tippetts, who is she? She was a mom with four little kids and a church planner's wife. Yeah. And so she could have easily said, well, who am I? I mean, so many people have breast cancer. Why am I going to write a book? You know, we Mm -hmm. all can say that we all can say, well, who am I? Uh, Why should I make this film? Mm -hmm. Why? There's tons of films. Why should we have made this film? Why should she have written a book? Why do you have a podcast? But that's because God put things on our heart and he wants us to do things. And something that uh, actually some another interviewer asked, said to me, which kind of stuck with me was How do you know that you're not God's second or third choice because the person he asked first to do something said no?
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) I have not thought about that before. (laughs) So, well, you mentioned Kara being the the wife of of a church planter and Jason. How did the church and the community around them respond and, and step up to the plate to help out the family at all?
1: Unbelievably well. So well that um, Kara even said, um, let's let's start turning some of these gifts and this food and let's share this with the community because they were loved so well and taken care of by the church community. The church was truly the church. And that yeah. was a powerful message that Kara shared. She shared um, a lot and said, um, if, if you're moved by my story or if you like my reading or you um, you know, are enjoyed this movie or it changed you then and love another. One of the things she said um, that, that affected me is allow Christ to love you so much that mm-hmm. it spills out onto another. Um, and I thought about that. Like, well, what do you mean allow that love? And when you think about it, God's love for us never changes, but we have to receive that love. And when you are close to God and receive his love on a daily basis, Continually filling us up through the Holy Spirit, you know, with that love, you have so much of it, and then it it goes on to another person, and so that's what Kara's message is. As the church, that's what we're supposed to be about. They will know we are Christians by our love. Yeah,
2: you know, a lot of people uh, who have seen the film have mentioned the community, and one one lady said to me, "I'm kind of jealous of Kara's community. I wish I could just be a part of that group of women because a lot of us don't have that community, but."
1: The answer is to start it. Yeah, to 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 just, you know,
2: if you don't have that community, either find it. And there's no excuse for you not to have a community. You either can find it or or it already exists or you can create it. Yeah. And I think that one thing that's amazed me was it was a very special group of people. But that was because I believe that Kara and Jason invited people in. Uh Hey, come to our house. Jason built a table that was enormous. Like it took up almost their entire living room and dining room. And Kara asked him to do that, like make a bigger table. And that's so symbolic of their heart and how to live in community. And it's not like they had fancy dinners, but their doors were open and not all the time. But Mm -hmm. um, their doors were certainly open for people to share meals and come over and chat. And I think that's something I want people to take away from this film is how can you find someone suffering in your community to either who either has breast cancer or maybe is elderly and alone or someone who's just depressed? How can you just reach out to them and show up for them? And if you're not in community, how can you create that?
0: Yeah, I think God gives us that, that weight on our shoulders too of like pushing us to do that. Or it's like, oh, I just need community or this people needs community. It's like, no, we are his hands and feet. Like if mm-hmm. start like you said, start it. If that's what needs to happen, then God's putting that on your heart. So so do that. Um yeah. one, one thing when I was when we were watching it, one thing we kept thinking was just for you guys, um, you guys get to know, um, know Kara and Jason and their whole family throughout this process, and you're there at the end when, when she ends up passing away. So how was it for you guys as filmmakers having to do your job, but you're also now part of this family and you're part of this experience? How hard is it for you two to, to, to balance that?
1: Well, that's a good question. For me, when I was there um, – I I had compartmentalized Kara into my friend who has cancer, who was dying. So I met her as that. So I had compartmentalized her into that. And I've produced, um, you know, hundreds of episodes for TV for all the major networks. And so you kind of you you click into work mode. But for me, it was where it hit me was in the edit. So, you know, this project took four years to complete. Um, It was a, a long journey with money raising and you know, we'd edit some here and there and it was a project we largely took on ourselves just because we felt like God had wanted us to do it. So it wasn't like some studio created it and gave us a bunch of money. It was, you know but but in the edit over the years I would cry. Um I never cried when I was there with her. I kinda kept up my you know, my work front, like, okay, I'm here producing and doing this thing, but later in the edit it was it was painful and difficult and I cried a lot.
2: I had a tough time being there with Kara and Jason and their kids. Um, I am not as seasoned of a producer at all. (laughs) And so I also have had a serious fear of death. (laughs) I I thought it was hilarious that God would ask us to do this. I felt completely unqualified, to be honest. And at some point I felt like I was holding my breath because the moment in the room was so thick and the way I describe it was it was one of the most holy experiences to be present and be allowed to be present alongside this other godly couple. Um, While they were going through one of the most painful moments of their life, I literally felt like I had to hold my breath or I would burst into tears. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was extremely emotional and Uh, I also felt such a privilege and I knew it was a God thing. Like that was only a God appointed thing because uh, I just have all the steps of how we were allowed to be in like that. And um, I knew I knew that Kara trusted us to steward her her story. Well, I also knew that she was a visionary and she looked at me and said, please take this and do whatever you can with this film she didn't call it a film take this and do whatever you can with this and make it as big as you can friend and i was like okay oh wow you do
1: i mean Kara was not a a look at me kind of you know in our social media world sometimes you know that stuff comes
0: across absolutely
1: she wasn't she was not like that at all no she really wasn't so when she said Make this as big as you can. It wasn't like, I want to be famous. Right. When
2: mm-hmm. her book came out, she was so humbled, almost like, I can't believe I get to have a book. It wasn't like she was the opposite of a diva, but she was also extremely well-spoken. She had such a dynamite personality. She was mm-hmm. breathtakingly beautiful. I mean, she had stage four cancer and dying and like was in hospice. And I would just look at her and think, she's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean her eyes were just like jewels and she just had so much passion in life that um she was truly inspiring
0: wow her humbleness really just comes out naturally like just throughout the whole story and just even watching anything from her on youtube or reading her stuff you can just tell that um she's not doing this or or anything that she was doing it wasn't about herself it was about helping other people and you just really see that And i think you guys did a great job of of reflecting that as well how have you seen uh the reaction to her story um through through just the audience and through the community what have you seen people really getting from it
1: Well it's it's been very encouraging so when the movie came out we were number 1 on Amazon um mm. for documentaries which was unexpected honestly you know so yeah. it was it was a surprise but you know that that was a great feeling and and we we high fived each other, knowing that Kara, um, we, we have a duty and an on. Uh, we had a duty and a responsibility to do this movie, so we wanted to do it the best we could and tell Kara's story, and and do it well. And so, you know, when you see the documentary right there with you know Mister Rogers' documentary and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and then there, Kara's little face was number one on Amazon. that yeah. just. That feeling was just amazing.
2: And then, you know, some of the responses from people who have watched the film, uh, there's one lady who's a hospice nurse and said, this is cha- This movie has changed the way that I'm going to be a hospice nurse.
0: Wow, uh, that's amazing.
2: Another woman messaged me and said, I named my baby Kara. We adopted a little baby from foster care, hmm. and I've been praying about a name. And I heard Kara Tippett's story, and I want
1: my daughter to be named after somebody who's a hero. I think hmm. that it hopefully is... An evergreen piece, meaning it, it's gonna be relevant in ten years from now. So we wanted to create a resource and a tool for churches, for grief groups, for people who are going through this. So and for could,
2: mom mom groups.
1: Yeah. yeah. She she spoke to moms a lot. You know, moms was and her, dads. I don't right? wanna leave out. <laughs> well the response has been great. It's been Overwhelming, you know. And, you know, people will
2: say, you know, this is really sad, but I'm also inspired and it's beautiful. It's just that it's a mashup of sad, beautiful, and inspiring.
0: Yeah, all at the same time. It's exactly what it was yeah well we we really loved uh loved your documentary the long goodbye and uh it was so it was so cool for us to see uh Kara's story and the story of their whole family and we thought that you that you both did such a wonderful job portraying that let let people know how they can find your documentary and how they can uh, learn more about anything else that, that you both are doing any upcoming projects or or anything like that
2: okay thank you sure so uh the best place to visit is com, which is our website. Um, also, Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, and Vudu. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's some Christian bookstores that you can find the DVD, but the best place to look would be com because we have the most recent uh, links there.
0: Gotcha. Great. Do, do you guys have any uh, cool products coming up?
2: We actually do. Yes, our production company is working <laughs> on a pretty cool film. I'll let Jay tell you about that.
1: There's a there's a basketball player. His name is the professor. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> I think I sent you guys a link, but I took him into prison and um, filmed <laughs> that him. It sounds so funny. I, know, <laughs> I took him into prison and did a, a mini documentary um, about him playing basketball with some prisoners and just just hearing their stories and talking to these guys. And a lot of the guys were Christian faith guys that mm-hmm. that are in prison and. Um, the professor is, is a Christ follower and he, he played basketball with them. And <clears throat> then we, you know, I shot it and, and edited it and he put that on YouTube. It got 28 million views wow. and <clears throat> we have in the works, a, a scripted movie that'll be based on the professor's life. So the professor is now a social media guy. He has, you know, 3 million followers on YouTube and 3 million mm-hmm. on Instagram and several million on Facebook. Yeah, I've but seen he- him. Yeah, he was on the And One tour back in the day, Yeah, and he had an ESPN show, you know, the And One tour did, and he was on that for six seasons. He was he on was... the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. yeah. So we have a movie about him that's a scripted movie in the works. It'll be sort of like Eminem's <clears throat> Eight Mile meets The Blind Side meets, uh, <laughs> like, you know, uh, Rudy. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. Like, but... Um, but he he's definitely a Christian, and that's a huge part of his his faith journey in that movie. The professor and yeah, you know,
2: he's actually been offered film deals, but he really wanted to tell his faith journey. Wow! And so we feel honored to be a part of, um, you know, telling his story.
0: That's really cool. Wow. we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, as, that, as you guys keep doing your doing your stuff, we're excited about that, and we really liked your guys' documentary. So, uh, uh guys, we really appreciate you coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we highly recommend. Um, for everyone to listen or everyone to watch this documentary, uh, like we said at the beginning of this interview, we only cried about half the time. Yeah. Um, and having kids, I, oh. once I had my first daughter, like I cry really easily now. So anything with kids, like and parent stuff, man, it gets me. But uh, it was inspiring mm-hmm. and sad and encouraging all at the same time. So uh, we highly recommend everyone check yeah. it out. Thank you for telling her story. It's such, a, such an important story that needed to be told, and so we, we really appreciated that.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. Can I say one more thing? Of course. You know, our heart is really for this to be a resource for churches, and mm. so we do have church kits where you, your church can license the film to show, and that can just be at a small group or a grief group or your entire church. Yeah. Um, and that's really our heart, for this to be a resource for all, for all of us to get to use.
1: And it's it's extremely raw I mean your viewers need to know uh, our listeners need to know that um this is not uh, i mean it, you guys watched it so it's it's real it's mm-hmm. it's not like a a pamby little oh let's dance around this subject like yeah. you yeah Yes, with this woman, and it, it is well it's
2: obviously. So you wouldn't probably invite children to watch this at right. your church, but right. so it'd be an adult-only film.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it, it's not sugar-coated, but but neither is life. So I think that it's good that 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 you told the story the the way that you did.
2: Thank you. Well, thank you guys so much for having us on your fun show.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we really appreciate it, and uh, and we look forward to seeing um, stuff in, from the future in the future from you.
2: Okay. Thank you. Thank you, guys.